Last time on Daily in Christ, in our ongoing The Just Shall Live by Faith series, we looked at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 30, and we looked at overcoming faith, uh, looking at how this overcoming faith in a mighty God enabled Joshua and Israel to be victorious in the conquest and other leaders who, by faith, led the people of God to victory. I want to remind us all. It's so easy to look at a Joshua or look at others that we'll be seeing here in just a few minutes, like King David, and think, oh, I'm nothing like them. They're heroes of the faith. I'm just a nobody. There's no such thing as a hero of the faith. The only hero of our faith is Jesus himself. He is the mighty one. He is the mighty God. He is the one who gives us the victory. And remember what it says in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, that it is of faith that it might be according to grace, that it might be guaranteed to all the heirs. Well, today we continue looking at overcoming faith, even in the face of persecution, as our study continues in Hebrews chapter 11, more in verse 33, it says, they stopped the mouths of lions. You know, We definitely think of Daniel, you know, he was thrown into the den of lions and God stopped the mouth of the lions. But there were others that also did that too. Samson is one. Another one called Benaiah had stopped the mouths of lions. Even the apostle Paul, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Satan is described as a roaring lion. It says this in verse 8, First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. First Peter 5, 8. Yet, now listen, by God's grace, through faith in Christ, that mouth of Satan can be stopped. The very next verse says this, Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. 1 Peter 5, 9. Did you get it? You know, oftentimes I hear verse 8 being quoted and not verse 9. Verse 8 makes us, you know, uh, shake in our, shiver in our boots. But let's remember what follows immediately after this verse 9. Resist that devil who goes about as a roaring lion, steadfast in the faith. Remember, it's a supernatural God kind of faith that's a gift of God. You have it, believer. You have it. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And then in verse 34, it says that they quenched the violence of fire. Uh, Again, we think of in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember what happened? They were thrown into a fiery furnace that was fired up seven times hotter than normal, so hot that the guys who threw them in there were burned. That's in Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 28. And then we read in Isaiah chapter 4, 43, verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. This is God speaking. Uh, 
and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Notice the key phrase that's in that verse. God says, I will be with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you, like it says in Joshua 1.9. They quenched the violence of fire. Verse 34b says that they escaped the edge of the sword. Remember what happened with David? I mean, he had been anointed king of Israel, and Saul, the crazy guy, was constantly after him to kill him. There were so many times that he could have died, but God preserved his life even on the edge of the sword. In fact, uh, not just in that particular situation, but many times uh, the people of God who were facing literally the sword, many times the tables were turned. Not only did they escape the edge of the sword, their sword ended up turning against their enemies. Remember David and Goliath? How about 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha and his servant? Uh, Verse 16, it says, So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. They, two guys, surrounded by a myriad army of the enemy, thousands of them, and uh, his servant was quaking in his boots, and um, he said, don't be afraid, because those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, this is our mighty God. He is the Lord of hosts, which means the Lord, the commander of the armies of God. Also in verse 34, it says this, out of weakness, we're made strong. Remember the judge Gideon? You know, Israel had been facing a very difficult time. And here is Gideon, you know, he's um, grinding the wheat in a wine press He was afraid, and then the angel of the Lord appears and says, Oh, mighty warrior. Uh, The Lord used Gideon, didn't he, in a very powerful way, because the Lord was with him. He was weak, but God made Gideon strong. And we talked about Samson bound in the Philistine temple, brought the house down. What about you? What about me? 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10. I love this. And he said to me, God My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, says the Apostle Paul, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong." How can it be that one who is weak becomes strong? Well, obviously, it isn't their own strength. There is the strength of another, the strength of God. He says there in verse 9 that the power, the Greek word is dunamis, which means ability, that the ability of Christ may rest upon me. 
the Lord says, my grace is sufficient, more than enough for you. God says, my strength is made perfect, brought to its complete measure. That's what the word perfect literally means, the Greek word, in weakness, in the context of weakness. Literally, it means, in the Greek, God says, my strength is made perfect in your no strength. Again, as we saw in Hebrews 11, verse 34, out of weakness made strong. More there in verse 34, it says, they became valiant in battle, turned to flight the army of aliens. Wow, yeah, so many times as they walked with the Lord, as they walked by faith. And then verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again. In 1 Kings 17, Elijah heals the widow's son dead and he is raised to life second kings chapter 4 elisha uh, the uh, uh, successor to uh, elijah does something very similar with the son of the shunammite woman he was also dead he was raised to life women receive their dead raised to life how do they do that by faith Now, there's a lot in those verses that really encourages us. Wow, that's victory if I ever saw it. But also, there's even a victory when we're facing persecution and even martyrdom. It says in the rest of verse 35, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. That phrase, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, reminds me of the early church father, Ignatius. And this comes from Fox's Book of Martyrs, written a long time ago by John Fox. Listen to this. It says, in this persecution suffered the blessed martyr, Ignatius, who is held in famous reverence among very many. This Ignatius was reappointed to the bishopric of Antioch next after Peter in succession. Some do say that he, being sent from Syria to Rome because he professed Christ, was given to the wild beast to be devoured. It is also said of him that when he passed through Asia, being under the most strict custody of his keepers, he strengthened and confirmed the churches through all the cities as he went, both with his exhortations and preaching of the word of God. Accordingly, having come to Smyrna, he wrote to the church at Rome, exhorting them not to use means for his deliverance from martyrdom, lest they deprive him of that which he most longed and hoped for. Now, would you believe it? You know, there were high officials in Rome that were getting saved, and they were probably saying to Ignatius, look, we'll put in a good word for you so you don't have to face death. This, he said, no, no, no don't you stop this. Here's what he wrote. This is what he said, and I quote, Ignatius said this, now I begin to be a disciple. I care for nothing of visible or invisible things so that I may but win Christ. Let fire and the cross, let the companies of wild beasts, let breaking of bones and tearing of limbs, let the grinding of the whole body and all the malice of the devil come upon me. Be it so, only may I win Christ Jesus. Now we can look at someone like an Ignatius and go, I could never, ever do that. You're absolutely right. You can't. But God through you can. By faith, you too 
even if you were to face torture for your faith, may end up saying, I don't want to be delivered from this. I want God to be glorified through it, that they may obtain a better resurrection. Mm. Still others, uh, getting back to Hebrews 11, verse 36, had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. How many times did the Apostle Paul go through that? They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Did you know that uh, the prophet Isaiah, according to Jewish tradition, was sawn in two by that wicked king Manasseh? It also says in verse 37, they were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Again, I want to underscore the point, by faith, by faith, by faith. That's why these, even these who suffered persecution were able to do what they did. It was through the ability of God by faith, by faith, by faith. The just shall live by faith. My friend, that is what living by faith can do, even in the face of horrible adversity, even in the case of persecution, and even facing martyrdom. By faith, you can experience the overcoming life. Verse 39 says, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. What is he talking about? These were Old Testament people. They were before the cross. They were before the New Testament, the New Covenant. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So that same Jesus, perfect Son of God, perfect high priest in his perfect finished work upon that basis they are brought to their completeness together with us even those before the cross lived by faith and experienced the victory of the lord praise god hallelujah i just want to say again what uh, this uh, bit that uh, i did uh, at the beginning part of this uh, mini-series, The Just Shall Live by Faith, about what faith accomplishes. And I've extracted all of the things uh, throughout Hebrews chapter 11, uh, uh, what happens positively to those who walk by faith, when we walk by faith. Are you ready? Verse 2 tells us that when we walk by faith, we obtain a good testimony. Verse 3, when we walk by faith, we acknowledge God as creator. Verse 4 tells us that we worship God more excellently by faith. Verses 5 and 6, we please God. Verse 7, we become an heir of righteousness. Verse 8, we obey God no matter where he leads us. Verse 9, we dwell in the promises of God. Verse 11, we receive strength from God to do what is impossible for us. And again, this is what happens to those who walk by faith. This is what walking by faith can do. Verse 17, we are made faithful to God no matter the cost. Verses 20 through 21, by faith we bring God's blessing to the next generation. Verse 22, by faith we are delivered out of bondage and brought into the destiny of God. Verse 23, by faith parents protect their children from evil. 
Uh, verses 24 to 26, by faith we reject the world's accolades and sinful pleasure, identifying instead with God and his people. Verse 27, by faith we do forsake the world. We do not fear man, yet endure, because faith sees God who is invisible. Verse 28, by faith we accept and believe in the blood of the Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, and so are spared from the wrath of God. Verse 29, by faith we experience the miraculous deliverance of God from the enemy. Verse 31, by faith, God can turn us from a sinful lifestyle to a far greater purpose with the people of God. Verse 33a, through faith we subdue kingdoms. 33b, through faith we work righteousness. 33c, through faith we obtain promises. 33d, through faith we stop the mouths of lions. 34a, through faith we quench the violence of fire. 34b, through faith we escape the edge of the sword. 34c, through faith we're made out of weakness we are made strong. 34d, through faith we become valiant in battle. Verse 34e, through faith we turn to flight the armies of the enemy. 35a, through faith we receive the dead raised to life again. And 35b through 30a, through faith we are given unswerving courage even when we are tortured mocked scourged chained imprisoned stoned sawn in two slain with the sword destitute afflicted and tormented and that my friend is why the just shall live by faith oh, i'll tell you what friends that's powerful stuff two more verses and we're going to wrap up today Remember at the beginning of this thing, I said the chapter demarcation isn't too good here. Really, I think that uh, Hebrews chapter 11 should begin at uh, Hebrews 10.38, where it says the just shall live by faith, and it should wrap up uh, by Hebrews chapter 12, verses, uh, verses 1 and 2. Here's what 1 and 2 says. It says, therefore, we also, we've been reviewing and seeing these uh, people who walked by faith that God did amazing things through them and by them. Therefore, we also, I love that. I'm included in this. You are included in this. This isn't the experience of the spiritual elite. It isn't the experience of the um, spiritual special forces of God. (laughs) This is the experience of meant for every believer to walk by faith. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, not only these that we see here in Hebrews chapter 11, but uh, what about the testimony of those in the early church? What about uh, through the uh, past 2,000 years of the church? Many who have seen the Lord to be faithful, who've walked by faith. I think of a more contemporary example that constantly blesses me. How about George Mueller? He was that uh, man who went from pickpocket and thief to a man that God had used powerfully uh, to uh, uh, for orphans in Bristol, England in the 1800s, thousands of kids, uh, they were taking care of them. He supported a hundred missionaries. He supported Christian schools and never asked for a dime. God provided it all. Wow. It's not that George Mueller is so awesome. It's the God that George Mueller trusted in. Do you see what I'm saying? We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Think about an Olympic runner. He's been training, he's been focusing, and that great day of the race is there, and he just runs. Remember, uh, uh, what was his name? Eric Little, the uh, Scottish Olympiad, the godly man. He said, when I run, it feels like I, this God is smiling upon me. You know, you may not be very athletic, but let me say, uh, you can run in this race by faith. And here's the important key. And it really brings Hebrews chapter 11, plugs it back up into Hebrews chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, which is all about Jesus. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Did you catch that? Looking unto Jesus. Our faith is not focused on faith. Our faith is not focused upon ourselves. In fact, our faith isn't even focused on the Bible. The Bible testifies about him and the walk of faith looks to him looks to him it says it's not about my inability it's about his infinite ability and you notice what it says that jesus is the author and finisher of your faith that's what i said right at the very beginning this faith that you have is a gift from god it is the god kind of faith it is supernatural jesus himself is the author the source of your faith the author and the finisher notice what it says there in verse 1 It says about running the race. You know, when you run the race, you want to finish the race. Well, Jesus is the finisher of your faith. This whole thing comes from him. That's why God can guarantee it through a blood covenant known as the new covenant. The book of Hebrews is all about him. It's not about you. It's not about how great you are. how awesome and righteous and mighty man of faith or mighty woman of faith. That's really not the point. You have faith in a mighty God. I love that little chorus. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth adore him. Angels bow before him. What a mighty God we serve. Real winning faith which is the God kind of faith, is caught up in him. Just like Abraham didn't look at his inability. His body was dead. Sarah's womb was dead. He didn't waver at the promise of God in unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith. How did he do that? Giving glory to God, the one who is the author and the finisher of even our faith. He was strengthened in his faith, knowing that God was able to do what he had promised. Dear one, let it be so for you. I don't care who you are, 
what your background is, what your story is. I don't care if you're young, middle-aged, or you're old. Today is your day. Today and moving forward to say, you know what? God, you are able. You are willing. That's why Jesus went all the way to the cross. That's what the blood covenant, the new covenant is all about. It's all about your willingness, God. And Lord, I will trust in you. Your faith must be informed by the word of God. The look of your faith, looking onto Jesus, who is the source, the author, and the finisher of our faith. Let's pray. And Lord, that's how you're glorified. Not by something that has its origin from us. That's sin. All that is not of faith is sin. But that which has originally come from your hand in the first place. Thank you, Lord, once again for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for doing it all. Thank you for accomplishing it all, Father. We give you praise and we give you glory. And we thank you for your gracious heart of love. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have accomplished through the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is indeed the author and finisher of our faith. And so we rest our faith upon you, Lord, the integrity of you and your word and your ability. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.